We, this afternoon, shall continue our study in our Articles of Faith, that is, looking at those things which we believe from the Word of God, making a statement of things that we believe from the Word of God. And let not a one of us think that this is all that we believe or that this is all that the Word of God teaches. But these are some things that we believe and set us apart from other so-called churches and some things we believe that set us apart from many who call themselves Baptists who today I say are not true Baptists the first one that we have been looking at is the true God we believe that there is one and only one living and true God an infinite, intelligent spirit, sovereign, whose name is Jehovah, the creator and supreme ruler of heaven and earth, inexpressibly glorious in holiness, and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead, there are three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, equal in every divine perfection, and executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. That is our statement under the true God. We have dissected that apart and broken it down and taken the scriptures listed and applied them with each distinct part, looking at the one and only one living and true God, being infinite, being intelligent, being sovereign, and he is a spirit and whose name is Jehovah. Today we are ready to look at the statement concerning him being the creator, being the only one, the only true and living God. He is the Creator. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis in chapter 1 and verse 1 verse that could have quoted but sometimes we do too much quotation of verses and we need to let our eyes feast upon the actual word and where it is in the word of God. So Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning of time, only existed one, the true God, the true God. And he created heaven and the earth. Statement of fact, he created the heaven and the earth. I want us to turn to another passage of Scripture in conjunction with this. We could read the whole chapter and see how creation, how he created the earth and the heavens and the six days of creation and 
the chapter 2, how he rested on the seventh day and hallowed the seventh day. But I want us to turn to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus in chapter 20, for there's something important that we need to see here in this other passage of Scripture. And Exodus chapter 20, of course, is the Ten Commandments, where the Ten Commandments are given. And something interesting is told us here in the Ten Commandments concerning in verse 8 where he said, Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Because we have many in our day and time and the age in which we live, many so-called Christians, because of the teaching of Darwin and others, believe in a day-age theory. That is, the day-age theory is simply a theory that exists to say that given to the six days of creation in chapters 1 of Genesis, each day could have represented a thousand years, a million years, ten million years. And so we have an earth with an age of six million to 60 million, 100 million years old. But you compare Scripture with Scripture, you see that's not so. You believe Genesis 1. And what we understand today, we have seven literal 24-hour days in our week. And Genesis 1 is talking about those six literal 24-hour days and the seventh literal day of 24 hours being a day of rest. Reading with me in the 20th chapter, verse 9. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. Six million years you shall labor and do all your work. Foolishness, isn't it? But let's just see how foolish it is. Everyone who reads this passage of Scripture, including the D.A. Cyrus, understands this to be talking about six 24-hour days we are given to do our work. And a seventh day to be rested. But the seventh day, the seventh 24-hour day, not the seventh one million year, is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy servant, nor thy cattle, nor thy... Uh, strangers that is within thy gates. Pretty easy to understand. Six, seven, 24-hour days. Six days to work and one day to rest. Notice verse 11 and pay particular attention to verse 11. Now, are we to drop from the seven 24-hour literal days down to verse 11 and say... Creation was day-age theory? Not according to this verse. For in six days, or because the six days of to do work and to do all your work, and the seventh day, the one day to, to rest, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore 
the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You see, consistency. Consistency in interpretation. Comparing the word of God with the word of God. Genesis 1 and 2 are talking about six and seven literal 24-hour days. And Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11 clarifies that fact that we have. But note in verse 11 that God, the Lord, Jehovah, is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah now. The book of Nehemiah in chapter 9. And verse 6. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And this is a prayer to the Lord. Thou, even thou, art Lord. Thou, even thou, art Jehovah. Alone. No one else is Jehovah. No one else is living God. There's one God. Thou made heaven and uh, made heaven, the heavens of heavens, with all their host, the earth, and all the things, and all things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipped thee. This verse is proclaiming God, Jehovah, to be the creator of the heavens and all the, all the host that is in heaven, of being the creator of the earth and all that is therein, of the seas and all that is therein, he is creator gone. And notice it says, And thou preservest them all. That word preservest says keeps them alive. He sustains them by his mighty power, by the power of his word. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, a couple passages I'd like for us to look at here. Psalms chapter 19 and particularly verse 1 of Psalms chapter 19. In verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament his handiwork the the expanse the expanse of his creation you're up above it all God is up above it all he's higher than it all and everything under him that he has created the expanse of that shows his handiwork Shows his creation. It is his creation. It is his handiwork. It is the work that his hands have created and have made. Day unto day uttereth speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. All of this, the <laughs> this great expanse. The, the heavens and all the hosts in them, the earth and all the hosts in it, the seas and all the hosts that is in it, they declare that God is their maker, that God is their creator, that God is their sustainer. How foolish. How foolish is man to believe otherwise. 
they, you read on in that chapter, you see they declare the faithfulness of God. I mean, just just the day unto day and night unto night. And the fact of all these things continuing day after day, night after night. The faithfulness of their creator, of their God. The 33rd chapter of the book of Psalms. The 33rd chapter, and read a couple verses here, beginning with verse 6. Psalms 33 and verse 6. By the word of the Lord, he spake. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them. By the breath of his mouth, he gathereth the water of the seas together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Let us stand in awe. Let us stand in reverence of him. For he is the creator, and he spoke it by the word, by his word, by the power of his word. See, Brother Mike might be able to make things, but is by the power and strength of his hands and his arms and feet. Man makes things, but God simply spoke it, and it was so. It was done. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40 and verse 28, we read these words, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, Jehovah, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no search of his understanding. This verse proclaims, He's the creator, the everlasting God. Jehovah is the creator. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 12, we read these words. I have made the earth and created man upon it. He created man upon it. We didn't evolve from so, some lower life creation of his nor did some lower life existence come into existence by an explosion and evolved through the different species and into man how foolish this declares that God is the creator. He created man upon it, upon the earth. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all the hosts have I commanded. Think about that. God stretched out the heavens. Think how vast the heavens are. Think of, think of the great expanse they cover. What a mighty God we believe in. What a mighty God we love and serve. And of course then, bringing it over to the New Testament, in the book of John, John declares to us the Word. Declares to us the Word that created it all. Verse 1 of John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Notice verse 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. If it exists, it exists by the hand of God. It exists by the Word. It exists by the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God resting upon Him. Jehovah. God. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, moving on. Not only is He infinite, intelligent spirit, sovereign, whose name alone is Jehovah, the Creator, but he's also the supreme ruler. Being the creator, doesn't the creator, the, the one who, who makes of him, doesn't he have power over that which he makes? <laughs> so God. By the way, just to inform you again, you understand the basic principle between the between making something and creating something. The word used in Genesis concerning God created the heavens and the earth. That is, he took nothing. There was nothing. Nothing but God. And he made something. He created something. Only God can do that. Can create something out of nothing. We have to have something. We have to have materials we have to have things that God created and furnished for us in order that we can make. But he being the creator is the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. We told you last week when we looked at sovereign, that God is sovereign, the sovereignty of God. We said that we would be dealing with it again because this, this thought of the supreme ruler of heaven it borders right there with him. He he is the sovereign. He is the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. That word supreme means highest, highest in authority. It can't get any greater, can't get any higher than God. God is it. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God only is the supreme ruler and judge his commands are supreme. And they're binding, they're binding over over all of his crea creation, over all of his creatures. He's the highest, the greatest, the most excellent. I got to stop here. And, and it, it just amazes me, confounds me. But you can see all the host of heaven. He is the supreme ruler. His commands are supreme. He commands the sun, the moon, the stars, and the constellations. He has orchestrated their movements. And he can command them to do otherwise than what he set in motion. He, we have examples of that in the Word of God. Causing the sun to stand still for a day that Joshua might defeat the enemies. Commanding the sun to go backwards. What was it? Ten degrees in the days of Hezekiah. What you notice about it is they obeyed the commands of God. They obeyed the commands of God. 
You take all the creatures of the earth and the seas and they obey the commands of God. They do His bidding. They do what He commands them to do. But you come to man. You come to man who is created more than all the rest of God's creation fearfully and wonderfully made he's disobedient refuses to obey the sovereign the supreme ruler of his creation oh no wonder that God is grieved with his creation of man. No wonder that he's angry with the wicked every day. No wonder that he's displeased with his children, those whom he sent his son to die for, to redeem them, to give them life eternal. He's grieved with them when they're disobedient. No wonder, is it? Well, we have that familiar passage of Scripture that, that goes, we use often sovereignty, and it goes right along with the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. All that in them is Daniel chapter 4 and verse 35, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and doeth according to his will. That is a supreme ruler in the army of among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say unto him what doest thou turn to the book of Isaiah the book of Isaiah in the 40th chapter Isaiah chapter 40 And I want to read several verses here. Verses 15 through 24. And pay attention and see if this is not words that are expressing a sovereign, creator, supreme ruler of heaven and earth. Verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh the isles as a very little thing. <laughs> Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor parts of nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before, before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less, less, less than nothing and vanity. <laughs> They're not, They're empty. Nothing. All the nations accounted to him that way. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The wind melteth a graven image, and the gold smith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver, chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree. Notice that. He that is so impoverished, so, so poor, he chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him Work, workman 
to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved, that cannot move, that is unable to move. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Have it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. Did you catch that? He shall blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Do you have that ability? Do I have that ability? No. But the sovereign creator, the supreme ruler of heaven and earth, has that ability. He has that ability over his creation. If you go back with me to the same book, 14th chapter the 14th chapter and look with me at verses 24 through 27 the Lord of hosts has sworn saying surely as I have thought so shall it come to pass and as I have purposed shall it stand that I will break the Assyrian in my land and upon my mountains tread him underfoot then shall his yoke depart from off them and his burden depart from off their shoulders this is the purpose that is purposed upon the whore, not just upon the Assyrian, but this is the purpose of the sovereign creator, supreme ruler of heaven and earth. This is the purpose that he has purposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed shall disannul it and his hand is stretched out and who shall turn back <laughs> oh you see vile wicked man today laughs at God they laugh at the thought of God they laugh at the thought of one being sovereign so mighty that he created it all. They, they laugh at the thought of a supreme ruler of heaven and earth. One day they're gone. All the earth is going to fall under his judgment. You're going to know that he is. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles in chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11. Thine, O Lord, 
is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou art exalted as head above all, both riches and honor of thee. And thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. You see, <laughs> he gave strength to Nebuchadnezzar. He brought him low. He gave strength to Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son. Nebuchadnezzar did not learn, uh, Belshazzar did not learn from the experiences of his father, Nebuchadnezzar. And God removed him from being king. He up Darius to be king of the Medes and the Persians. Took him over. Was his demise. This sovereign whose name alone is Jehovah, the creator, the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. Oh, he's inexpressibly glorious in holiness. The book of Exodus in chapter 15 and verse 11 says, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And of course, we know this to be the song of victory, giving glory and praise to God because God had just wrought for them a, a miraculous feat. He overthrew the Egyptian army. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea. The, the water stood up as a solid concrete wall on both sides of them while over a million people crossed crossed over on dry ground. And Pharaoh and his army, thinking they could do the same thing. God has made a pathway to follow them right on across the Red Sea. And they go into the Red Sea, and God allows the water to come back. Then the next morning, the Israelites get up, and the are all dead corpses along the seashore. <laughs> Moses leads them into this song, this song of glory and praise unto God. And they state that He alone is glorious in holiness. And He Reigns. Isaiah chapter 6 and go, go ahead and turn there. This is a passage of scripture that several of us really enjoy and amaze at. There's been many thoughts brought from. But Isaiah chapter 6 and, and, and the verse that I want us to focus on particularly uh, concerning this thought inexpressibly uh, glorious in, in holiness is verse 3, but get this again. Verse 1, and the ark of the Lord. I'm in the, I'm not in Isaiah. I'm First Samuel. Shame on me. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, so the Lord Jehovah 
Well, no, that doesn't, that's not the word for Jehovah. That's the Lord, God, the Master, sitting upon a throne. Nonetheless, he's referring to the sovereign, the supreme ruler of heaven and earth, sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. You can imagine the royal train, the royal majesty of, of a king, and his train filling the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, majestic, majestic creatures. This majestic creature, each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face, that is, with two of his wings, he covered his face, and with twain, he covered his feet. With two of his wings, he covered his feet, and with twain, he did fly. With two of his wings, he did fly. And one of those seraphims who covered his face with two of his wings, covered his with two of his wings, and flew with two of his wings, one of them cried unto another one of them, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, is Jehovah of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You see, these majestic creatures created of God, they knew that the Lord God was inexpressibly glorious in holiness as they magnify our great God. Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. In chapter 39. Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 7. God speaking here says, So I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. Now, he, he's just, he's getting ready to, to give Ezekiel the vision of the new Jerusalem, the, uh, the revamped Jerusalem and the temple rebuilt. What a glorious sight that is. We'll probably never get into those chapters, but he's just getting ready to do that. And he said, so will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. Remember what we're studying in, in, in Wednesday nights. Israel's been disobedient. Judah's been disobedient. God's judgment has come upon them. They've been carried away into captivity. And they're abiding days without a king now to rule over them. Still, today, no king setting upon the throne in Israel. But there's coming a day. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. <laughs> I will not let them. They're going to be holy unto me, he proclaims, anymore. And the heathen, and the heathen, the Gentiles, all the other people of the earth, shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. And of course, talking about that day when the Lord Jesus Christ has come back, planted his feet upon the earth, destroyed the nations, 
set up his kingdom, rule, and a thousand years of rule and reign and peace and righteousness, and not just for a thousand years, when he sits upon that throne, he is forever to set upon that throne. But the, the thousand year reign of Christ, we call it a thousand year reign of Christ because that's the way it's in the 20th chapter of, of the book of Revelation, a thousand years, but a thousand years of, of, of peace and, and righteous rule upon the earth, but Christ is setting upon the throne forever. The seed of David. Even beyond the thousand years, into the eternal ages. <laughs> once, the, once the heavens and the earth have fled away. Once the, the, the dead... The dead without Christ have been cast into the lake of fire. The new heavens and the new, new earth we see. Christ is still sitting upon the throne. Ruling and reigning. Jew and Gentile are going to know that the Lord, He is the Holy One. The Holy One setting upon His throne. The book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I know that's that little book tucked away in there and you, you have to hunt for them. But it's right after Nahum, another little book tucked away in there. Does that help you any? Habakkuk chapter 1. And look with me at verse 12 and 13. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? We shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment as the wicked. And, O oh, mighty God, Thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil. Canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth them, the man that is more righteous than he. <laughs> oh, yes, the righteous shall not die. The righteous shall live, shall live forever. But the wicked, the evil, they're for judgment, they're for correction. They shall receive chastisement because God, the Holy One, the inexpressibly glorious One in holiness, cannot look upon evil, cannot look upon wickedness. First Peter chapter 1 and verses 15, 16 tell us, But he which hath called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The book of Revelation. Turn with me there to the book of Revelation. In verses 6 through 8. This is, this is in heaven. <laughs> We're in heaven. This is the scene in heaven. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts, full of eyes, before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. The fourth beast was like a flying eagle. 
And the four beasts had each of them six wings above him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. They rested not day and night. Not that there's day and night there, but so that we might understand continually. They rested not. Saying, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He's inexpressibly glorious in holiness. This is God. What a majestic scene that is. They rested not continually singing, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. What a scene. That is heaven. And it's a shame, but we've gone too long now. We have to stop there. We'll deal with this thought next week. <laughs> because he's, he's this, this sovereign. Jehovah. Creator, supreme ruler of heaven and earth. Who's inexpressibly glorious in holiness. He is worthy. He is worthy of all possible honor. We dealt with honor, honor due the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Next week we'll deal with honor that is to do is due unto the God. Jehovah. Which includes the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're due honor. Shall we stand?